Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Quirky Corporate Chicks podcast. We are your hosts, Dana Foster and Sherry Hayes, corporate life coaches and private practice. We focus on people who follow their passion and how their lives have been impacted. Real stories, real entrepreneurs, and lots of laughter as we look at where life has taken us. And today, uh, we are very fortunate to have a fellow journey, uh, journey member and a kindness coach. Chet Ferry, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, with the quirky corporate chick. Chet, would you mind sharing a little bit about how you came up with this idea and um, where it's led you to today? Well, I have this, uh, what I like to call an interesting hobby. Uh, I bake bread, give it away. Uh, I've been doing it for almost 20 years. Um, I estimate I've given away 100 or 90,000 loaves of bread over the last 18 years. And um, the places it takes you is just amazing to me. Um, I do these talks or I do a bread lesson. Uh, I share stories of kindness. And I usually receive many, many stories of kindness in return. Um, it's interesting. I call it a hobby. Some of my audiences call it a mission or a whatever. Um, I think it's a very simple loaf of bread that seems to bring kindness out of people. So that's what I do. Um, and where did you come up with the idea? What made you think of bread of all things? Well, I like to cook. And I used to work at a Howard Johnson's, which dates me significantly because most people have never heard of a Howard Johnson's. But I used to be a short order cook back in my teenage, early 20 years. So I like cooking. I like eating. Um, I was trying to make the perfect pizza. I went through this episode in my life where I was trying to make this perfect pizza. I was doing it every day for weeks. My family was ready to move out. They thought that it was time to have a normal meal. Uh, and it was actually my son, my oldest son, convinced me that maybe I should give up this pizza thing because they were ready to move out. And I started baking bread. And Sunday was my bread baking day. And I found that many people in this world have had bread baking days in their lives. And when I talk about bread, they usually, usually people we call a grandmother, an aunt, a mom, someone who made bread, which brings me to the thought of hot bread from the oven, which seems to be one of those moments of life that people we call uh, for years, for decades, sometimes longer than that. So I started doing bread. I started making bread. Everybody would hang around the kitchen, wanted the first slice of bread out of the oven with a big glob of butter. And we had all kinds of memories around that. And then Monday mornings came around, I was working as a school administrator and I would bring all my leftover bread to work. And I'd have a little sign that said free bread. And I was, I was just astonished what happens when you put free bread on the table on a Monday morning. Well, people came to work early and they ran to the room where the bread was. And some of them would grab a loaf of bread, they would hold it to their chest and they would smile. And I was kind of taken by that. I thought, wow, what is it about a simple loaf of bread that brings someone to work early on a Monday morning? So it, I was intrigued by it. So I kept making more. I did it every, every Sunday as long as I could. Now I probably bake every day. So I continue to be astounded by what happens when you give someone a loaf of bread. And then it dawned on me that 
it wasn't the bread at all. It was actually the act of kindness that seemed to capture people's hearts. And my belief has come to be that if you feel kindness, you can't wait to share it with someone else. So it starts that chain reaction. And that's pretty much the beginning of all that. Um, there's a ton of stories. I do 130, 140 presentations a year. I do talks with four-year-olds and 104-year-olds. I do school assemblies. I do individual sessions. I go to your house and make pretzels with you, Dana. That would be um, amazing. To, wouldn't that be something? Um, and that's, it's interesting. But that's really what, in ba the basics, it's making bread, giving it away, sharing kindness. And, but it really goes much further than that, which I'm sure we'll get into in our little talk. But, but that's how it is. I do pizzas, I do pretzels, you know, I'll do anything with yeast breads. So uh, it's kind of fun. I'd be interested to know, have you ever had anyone reject, have you ever tried to give bread to someone and they've rejected it? You know, it's a great human experiment. You know, I give bread to people and most people accept it. I actually had one person look at a loaf of bread and look at me and say, is there something wrong with this? Which I thought was yeah. an unusual response, which told me an awful lot about that person. Uh, it's like the kids with the Halloween candy, right? Parents. Oh, are yeah. Like, you know, you know, mm -hmm. I had one person look at a loaf of bread and say, oh, it's really, I'm really not that kind of person. And I thought, gee, what kind of person are you? Are you? Yeah, so I didn't ask. That's, I said, that's fine. I had another person looked at the loaf of bread and said, oh, no, thank you. And I said, that's okay, too. But they woke for me the second time they saw me, which was kind of cool. I had one person look at a loaf and say, oh, no cheddar cheese bread today? So, there's, you know, it's interesting. It's they like, got spoiled. It's, you spoiled well, them. <laughs> it's like uh, there's, a vulnerable, there's a vulnerable moment when you do an act of kindness. There's a kind of uncertainty. If I offer a loaf of bread to someone, I know they could say no, and I'd have to be able to accept that. Or, or they'll say yes and begin to feel what I hope is it is what an act of, feel what an act of kindness really feels like. And then they want to do it too. So yeah, people have said no. Yeah, it's kind of cool when they do, that's okay. I say, well, that's okay. What does, I'm always fascinated um, with little kids and how they respond to things. So when you come in and you talk to little kids, is there, is there one story in particular that sticks out to you that really just really, well, was, really hit home with you? I worked last week with four-year-olds at a preschool program, uh, and I'd been there before. It's, uh, I go there annually, and uh, they're an interesting group because four-year-olds don't sit still. Mm -hmm. So we put them on the carpet, and I'll read them a story, and I'll ask them about kindness, and do they have an example of kindness? And they'll usually say smiling or laughing, or I'll tell them a story about a young girl who gave me a gift of kindness and they seem to understand that I'll, I'll show them a bread a story about kindness and we'll talk about that uh but what really captures the little four-year-olds is when we do the bread tasting and i'll i'll bring bread i'll pop it in the oven i'll let it heat up so it has that smell and uh, aroma of hot bread from the oven then i'll give them a slice with butter and what happens is kind of amazing i mean they'll take the bite like anyone would and then they smile and then they look at the person next to them who's doing the same thing and that person smiles and then the person next to them who's doing the same thing tasting hot bread from the oven starts to giggle and before you know it they're all giggling 
And with four-year-olds, that's my goal. They're actually feeling kindness. And the rest of the time is kind of chaotic because kids run and they throw things and they scream and cry and say thank you to the bread man. But I know they felt kindness. And that's really all I hope for in any of the presentations I do. And some are longer than others. Most four-year-olds, about 20-minute presentation and off they go. And they say, thank you, Mr. Breadman. We'll see you next year. But I know they feel kindness. And I know they take it with them. And I'm a believer that these moments can last a time, maybe a lifetime, for kids. And that's one of the reasons I like doing it. So, yeah. So what, does, what does kindness mean to you? How do you define kindness? Wow, that's a good one. Well, I feel kindness when I share bread with people. And when I share it with them, I feel it myself. Uh, I'm at a, uh, interesting you ask that because there's a, uh, I'm kind of reinventing myself every time I do this bread thing because it reinforces for me the power of kindness, especially being kind to myself, which is one of the things I teach when I work with adults is that we want to teach people first to be kind to themselves. Because most people, whatever they're doing in their lives, they often look to their own needs second or third. And I always tell them, you need to fill your own tank of kindness before you can really share it with others. So to me, kindness means being kind to myself first and also being kind to others because that's certainly the, what you want to do when you feel kindness. So I guess that's what kindness means to me. I don't know if that's the, mm -hmm. the best answer I can give, but uh, I think that's the essence of it for me. And where do you, do you feel it in your body somewhere? You know, I feel it in my chest. Sometimes I feel it uh, just a relax. It's almost like a meditation. You know, making mm -hmm. bread is almost like a mindfulness activity. You know, there's something that happens when you make bread or Maybe you plant a flower or maybe you read a book or maybe you go skiing. I know you like to ski. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something about having those moments in your life that help you feel this euphoria or this level of, of maybe even gracefulness. There's something about it that, um, and when you feel it, it's kind of unmistakably good and unmistakably kindness. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I just wondered, as you were de describing it, Chet, it sounded a lot like what the definition of love is to some people as well. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that it is kind of sharing love with oh, people as so. well? I think so. I think the, um, you know, kindness is a close cousin to love, right? <laughs> I think one kind of brings the other. Um, you know, one of the things I often talked with my clients or my audiences is that without love, self-love, and which includes self-kindness, you really have a hard time giving it to others. That it's the essence of, uh, of life, which creates some interesting avenues when you're working in a coaching setting. Because I really think kindness is the beginning of what we're looking at to live a fulfilled and enriched life. There are other things, of course. But without kindness, I think it's kind of shallow. Um, yeah, I think it helps to build trust too, right? So yeah. like when you talk about with coaching, it's, it's kindness, it's compassion, it's not being judgmental and that helps to build trust. And, you well, know, when you can have all those things for yourself too, it, it helps to create that self-love. 
<clears throat> I think as what well. I find interesting is when I have a large group, I was with a, a group in Niagara Falls, which is near my home, and it was a group of Italian ladies, who by the way were quite beautiful, and they probably range in age from 60 <laughs> to 95, and so each one of them, oh yeah, you know, and I mentioned to them that the Italian women are the most, one of the most beautiful women, women in the world. Of course, they all like to hear that, but there was something about acknowledging and affirming their beauty and really affirming their ability to love uh, because that's what it means to them because they're all got the glow you know they're all sparkling in their eyes and I knew that they were feeling something that was beyond bread beyond what was there was something coming from them that was love and uh, and these ladies were lots of fun in fact after I finished my sharing my bread time stories and I always make I do a bread lesson for people, you know, being a teacher in the past, making bread gets their attention. But after the meeting was over, one of them came up to me and she says, you know, we're not a senior group. We're just overage teenagers. <laughs> we love to have fun. And I said, oh, my, you know, and, and, and they were really people who knew how to enjoy every day of their life. And that is love. Self-love, be able to share it with others. Um, so yeah, yeah, it is kind of cool. And what happens is in my work in this bread thing, I get to see all of this surface in audiences, kids. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to a, a assisted living where there are seniors who are struggling cognitively, who are have forgot some of the most special moments in their lives. And my job is to bring them to the surface again. And I bring them to the surface by talking about my early years, by my growing up and what I did and my parents loved me and, and what I did. And I'll share a story that they'll begin to identify with. And then I'll bring hot bread from the oven and I'll put it out there. And all of a sudden, all the senses are alive and they start saying things like, my gosh, my mama made bread. And I was only, and they'll tell me they were eight years old when they can remember mama eating, making bread, bringing it out of the oven. And that's the trigger to bring back other memories that seem to add some special meaning to their lives. Uh, so I'll be doing that tomorrow. Uh, the, uh, the presentation's at three o'clock, probably be about 40 people. Um, and I'll have a lot of fun with them, a lot of fun and meaningful time spent with them. So. Wow. That's really special chat. Well, like it's kind of cool. But I really think it's a learning thing. What I do is want to leave people with a feeling of gratitude, that they can feel a sense of satisfaction. They can feel a sense of, you know, I accomplished these things. This is my life. This is my story. It means something to, to them and to people that hear it and people they share their stories with. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. So there's one lady there I'll see tomorrow whose name is Esther. And Esther is one of these ladies that I identified with quickly because my real name is Chester. So we'd have this thing about Chester and Esther. And she has given, if I look around <laughs> my office here, there's, a, there's 50 things that this woman has given me. You know, I think she, she's given me holy water from church and she's given me flags from, from, from Italy. And, uh, and there's things that she paints. So recently her husband passed on. I went to visit her and you know, she didn't remember me, which oh. happens. Mm -hmm. So we talked and I, and I couldn't trigger something. So tomorrow my goal is to bring everything in my office that she's given me as a way of making a connection for her that maybe I'll be successful. 
you see and I've had many, many conversations, many, many loaves of bread, but that happens. So we'll see if I can bring back a, 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 just a touch of the memories that we've had together. But that happens. We'll see. Well, yeah. a loaf of bread will do that. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And on Friday, I'll be with some developmentally disabled adults, some who have no speech at all and are unable to ambulate, uh, have very little ability to interact with the world. And I bring live dough in a bag and let them touch it. You know, I'll let them knead some dough. And they understand a smile. They understand kindness. And uh, we'll see what we can do to help bring their life to a moment of kindness. So that's what I do. You know, Chad, it's just amazing to hear you talk. I mean, I've, I've gotten to know you, and, and so has Dana over, you know, since we started in, in the journey. Um, but just, you, you, you never give off the impression or the or the vibe or just in that that you're doing it for a response you're just doing it from your heart and there there's very few people out there that i think would give so selflessly every day baking bread just to share the way they feel and hope that others do too so i just want to give you you know a, my gratitude for, for well, you know I'm, I'm still trying I'm trying to understand that because I think there's something happening over all these years of doing this work that I don't completely understand yet. I mean, I know people respond well to kindness. I know they feel kindness. I know they go and share kindness. I tell them they can change the world just by just one act of kindness. And most people can recall at least one incident where they were treated kindly and it stayed with them, you know, maybe for for a year, forever. And uh, that's, you know, but I'm still trying to figure out what it is, and I may never figure it out, but it intrigues me because I've yet to have an audience tell me they don't care about kindness. It's almost like we all have it. Some of us it's deeply buried, some of it's at the surface, some of it's somewhere in between. But I found an act of kindness can bring it to the surface. Um, and it just intrigues me. Um, you know, as we were studying in our journey program about functioning of the brain, and you guys have mentioned it too, is the whole function of, of, of our, our frontal lobe. And I, I really think when I can bring people to know there's kindness in their lives, know the experiences in their lives, and then decide in their management section of their brain that they're going to make that part of their lives, that something, something intriguing happens. Uh, people start seeing the world with kind eyes, themselves, others. They can walk down the street, see things they've never seen before feel things they haven't felt in years. And I think kindness has a way of doing that. It's, and I still, and, I, and the reason I call myself the kindness coach is I really believe that is what opens the door to other things that can be looked at or improved or enhanced. Uh, and that's really what I do uh, the, with the clients I work with. Um, you know, I, we, we usually get to a point of kindness. Are you being kind to yourself? And people say, gee, I've never been asked that question. I say, well, let's try to answer it because it's pretty important. If you're not kind to yourself, you may not be working at your full potential. You may not be reaching everything you could reach for if you're not giving yourself at least a few moments of kindness every day. So that's- People could be scared of that too. Yeah. You know, scared, just, well, just as scared of being hurt, scared of being happy because of- the, you know, the opposite effect of once you're happy, then you eventually, you know, you will have trying times. Well, you know, I often think that our lives are cycles. 
or circles. And we get involved in patterns. And I've been doing a lot of reading with this uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and listening to a lot of his work. Yeah. And that our lives are cycles. And so many of us are in a cycle that may not be the healthiest for us. And I think when I go into an audience, regardless of who they are, where they are, what they're, what they're struggling with, that when I can introduce kindness to them, it, does, it interferes with whatever cycle they're in and puts them in a, into a better one. And I think that's part of the key to this is that the smile you give to the lady at Starbucks or the man at Starbucks when you buy your morning coffee, you're giving them a chance to have a better day. You're taking them out whatever funk they're in or whatever unhappiness they're in or whatever, whatever happiness and you give it a better, a better cycle. And I think we interrupt our lives with good things to make our lives better. So the person who is depressed or person who is unhappy, the person who doesn't see themselves as ever being successful, my goal is to try to break the cycle. And you would, you do the same thing. We do it for ourselves, you know, uh, before this afternoon, I went to the coffee shop for an hour. I don't even buy coffee. I just sit there and I talk and they all know me. They all want to know if I brought any bread. I get bread away. But I know that loaf of bread enhances someone's life. And mine too. I have to tell you, I do it. You know, if I don't make bread, I'm not as good on those days as the days I, that I make bread. Making bread helps my life be better. And by the way, you mentioned love. I've been married 40 years. My wife and I still love each other. Uh, we still have this fire. Um, that's good. And, and you know, that's, you know, that, uh, there's a source of energy and love from that, too. Uh, we're both fortunate. We work on it every day. You know, it's kind of cool. But uh, I'm a lucky guy. You know, I've lived a great life. I, I, was, I taught for a lot of years. I, I have three master's degrees. You know, I like learning. Uh, I like Dispenza's view that every day we should make a point of doing something new. Because when you do something new, it kind of takes your brain in a different place. If we continue to evolve, we continue to improve. Um, so I'm still learning, still trying to figure all this out. And I'm happy to be, I'm fortunate to be able to do it. So, boy, I and can I sure talk you, a lot. What you, uh, what you said too, I, I like to give out hugs where I think, or, kindness can be contagious. I was, um, I was working the other day and I saw an old coworker that had recently quit. They'd come in and I was so excited to see them. I like ran over, I gave them this huge long hug. And then two other guys were standing there and they were like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous about that hug right now. I'm feeling and envy. I was like, well, I've got more myself. to give. Hug envy. I've got more to give. Come on over. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, come on over. So I like, I gave a hug to the first guy and then the next one lined up and I was like, this is, this is kind of ridiculous and hilarious. But I mean, sometimes I'll even do that. Like after I've been talking to somebody for a little while, you know, like if I've just met them or something, I'll be like, come on, let's bring it in for a hug. And then you just hang oh, on yeah. for those few extra seconds longer, not in a weird, creepy way. Hopefully. <laughs> it's not well, a kissing but, booth line. You know, you hang on. Sure. No, it's not. It's yeah. No, it's not like that. But, um, well, yeah, I you hang touching. on for a few more seconds and oh, then yeah. they get like this, this release. I think it's something like, uh, women take 15 seconds to have an oxytocin release and men take 30 yeah. seconds to have an oxytocin release well, when you, when you're hugging sure. someone. Which, which men don't normally go for. They're always like, eh. Well, I think <laughs> hugging men is interesting. 
Yeah, because, men like, hugging men. Just because yeah. of what you, uh, you know, I was with someone today, they invited me, we had coffee, we had a discussion. Uh, I can't say it was a coaching session, but really they're all coaching sessions. And we're leaving, and I says, you know, when you have a good day, and I can see it, I, I feel better. When you're having a good day, I enjoy it too. And he looked kind of funny at me. And he said, what does that mean? I said, that means I love you. And he looks at me kind of strange. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, there's just something that happens. I said, in fact, I think we should give each other a hug in the parking lot at the coffee shop. And, it, and the hugs get awkward, and then they get better. Um, I have a young man I'm working with. Uh, and, every t and we hug at the end of our session. And, I, and, they're, and they're always unnatural. And I said, well, you're getting there, you know, and, but yeah. I think touch and hugging are all part of our whole life experience. And if we're not doing it, you're missing something. Maybe I should be the hug coach. No. Uh, Wait a that. minute. That's I was yours. thinking about that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, there are, no, I'm there are people that, that are therapists. That are, well, you can be, a you can be the kissing coach. I there don't know. <laughs> But you know, I'm, I'm sorry, it's all I can come up with. To tie in with your entrepreneur theme, to tie in with the entrepreneur theme, and I was thinking about why interview me? I'm not making any money, but I realized that kindness can be an entrepreneur's goal. That I, I, my product is kindness, and I may have mentioned it's it to you before. Definitely a commodity that's in shortage. It is a commodity that's needed. I had a guy, I told a guy just recently I, that I've given away 90,000 loaves of bread. And he looked at me and said, that's the stupidest business plan I've ever heard. Oh. And I said, well, you know, I'm not making money. And then I show him my kindness sign. I say, this is what I'm working for. And then he laughs and then he gets it. And then all of a sudden I, I've given him one split second to think about kindness. And he, he can't forget about all the other things. They're all part of his life too. But a break or a moment for kindness, I think, can be life-changing, life-changing. I said, what other dying questions do you have to ask the bread man? Go uh, ahead. <laughs> what, what is your favorite kind of bread to make? You know, I, the most basic recipe, flour, yeast, salt, and water, is really the best. Most bakers will tell you that's their prime recipe. That's the one they enjoy making the best because... The flavor comes from the ingredients, but also the love that goes into the bread. So, yeah, I think white flour, yeast, salt, and water bread is probably the best for me. I liked that focaccia Italian goodness that you sent me. That was pretty delicious. Ah, I've never gotten any. Anytime I do. Jealous over here. Don't. You have to send, just send them your address. Chad will send it in the mail. It's right. actually my favorite, but that's a bit of course, right? I do make pumpernickel. I, I make a dark rye. I make a pumpernickel. Yeah, because I love my I avocado get, toast. I can get it to you. And, oh, my gosh. It takes two days to ship bread anywhere in the country. Priority I'm just mail. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. All right. All right. I'm just, you know. Send your address. When, when, class was, when class was done and he said, anybody wants a loaf, I'll send them one. I sent them my address immediately. <laughs> No shame. <laughs> I oh, and I sent her, her the French Herb de Provence oh, bread. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I remember it something being with an herbs. And it was, oh, yeah, it had was a little delicious. bit of lavender in it. You put, a little, put it in a toaster, and that lavender just kind of 
covers you with joy. I was going to say it brought up a memory that I was thinking about uh, about my grandparents um, uh, making that I have. I just thought about it as you were talking. Um, zucchini bread was something that my grandmother used to make, and I do get a, a bit. I think of her when I see it on a menu, or if I go to Acme or or you know Shoprite or something, and and I will sometimes get it. And thought so, you know I could probably make zucchini bread now. Never done it, but why not? Well, let me ask you: Was it? Did it? Was your grandmother's zucchini bread good? Yes. Yes, she was. You know, does she was a homemaker. Bring, so it, she cooked a full meal every day. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm still. Uh, I found everyone has a bread story of some kind, and one surfaced for you. And my guess is even Dana has one because I sent her a loaf, so I know she has at least one bread story. But those are moments that we often put aside, but they're the moments that identify us. They make us who we are. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I think about baking with my mom when you were talking about all of that. My, my mom had bought a bread maker. Like one of the, you remember those things? Sure. Literally, you just put the dough inside of it and then you'd like yeah. walk away. And it was, yeah you come back whatever and it was it was delicious <clears throat> but yeah when I think about baking I always think about my mom baking cookies and pies and um I love to bake now and I love baking for people I've been bringing cookies in <clears throat> to different places because it's Christmas time and I like to I just like to bake and it's fun and a lot of people don't bake for themselves or have family to to spend some of the, like the pre-holiday things with and so well let me just comment I enjoy doing See, when you talk about, a, when you share a bread story or a cookie story or a zucchini bread story, something happens to you. The world looks different. I think we're smarter when we're in that frame of mind. We make better decisions, we're happier, we share it with others, that I believe that moment that you just, both of you shared, puts us where we need to be and do our most, our optimal work. We're most fulfilled. And I believe kindness brings that out of people. And I think if you need to have that feeling in your life every day, and that helps balance off the stuff that we can't control, but we can control what we think and what we feel. And that's exactly the example. If you do that every day, it becomes part of you. And mm -hmm. it makes things just so much better. Yeah, I think wow. that's a great piece of advice. So Chad, wow. do, you have the, do you have any last words or pearls of wisdom. Well, I always uh, end my I always end my talks by saying we can make the world a better place one loaf of bread at a time, or one act of kindness at a time. And I usually have my audiences to a point where they're just leaping at that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell them whatever your act of kindness is, maybe I've convinced you to do it as often as you can. Not only for those that benefit from it, but also for ourselves. Because we feel differently when we've done and do acts of kindness. And it brings out the best of us. And it's worth doing because our life will be that much better. So that's pretty, that's pretty much how I end my talks and that kind of discussion, so. I like that. Maybe we could, uh, we could challenge, our, challenge our listeners to go out and do one act of kindness this week, maybe as a starter, as opposed to, you know, every day. Start out well, with just one thing this week. Yeah, and self-kindness as well. Yeah, one for yeah. self and one for yeah. others. Yeah. Oh, I think it's critical. Yeah. When I teach, when I teach a checklist for life, it's certainly number one is taking care of yourself. 
do something good for yourself. Look in the mirror every morning and smile and realize that you are worth everything that you do for yourself. Yeah. Well, I will tell the well, listeners you, before we wrap that um, I have, have worked with Chet as a coach. Um, he has coached me and has been phenomenal in helping me turn around my personal view uh, of certain situations. Um, you know, I tend to be so focused on career sometimes and, and less on self and less on interpersonal relationships and which has been something that I've been working on myself. And um, Chet has been very, very helpful with that. So we are just absolutely just so blessed to have you on this podcast today. So thank you so much, Chet. Really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. And uh, knowing that we're all friends, kind of makes it even more special. Thanks. It does. Thank yeah. you, Chet. Thank you, You're Chet. Welcome. All righty. Thanks, everyone. Bye.